Welcome to the Fat Cats Rugby Podcast, bringing you candid rugby conversations, great interviews and insights into Ugandan rugby, and a touch of rugby in Africa and the world over. Fat Cats Rugby Podcast is a product of Fat Cats Media Brand. For all your audiovisual content needs and equipment hire, hope you enjoy this episode. Um, welcome to the Fat Cats uh, Rugby Podcast, a safe space for candid rugby conversations. And my name is Ruben Kigumura. I'll be your fly half for today. And uh, before we get into anything, I want to just let you guys know this is particularly a rant cast. And uh, I'll let the, the two gentlemen next to me introduce themselves and then we can be able to go on. I usually don't like uh, uh, getting into people's titles and may get your titles wrong. So I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, maybe starting with Edwin, who um, is my co panelist, and then yeah, we can go on from there. Yeah, Edwin Mabwiri. Fixture on the Fat Cat podcast, Fat Cat Rantcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um, lawyer by day and a Fat Cat my whole life, so, yeah. Actually, you have not been Fat your whole life, but uh, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> the past two years. There is, there is this thing you always like to say, um, uh, feline what? Oh, yeah, <laughs> the Fat Cat podcast, you put the feline touch into Uganda rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome guys to the podcast. Um, Bruno, a fat cat as well. <laughs> and uh, by day, I'm in real estate. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, uh, we did have our launch um, last Saturday at uh, Kings Park Arena. Uh, much appreciation to them for giving us their space and uh, all the, the support we were able to also now special for uh, being in a position to also support um, in any way that they did. Uh, we appreciate them so much and we we intend to have a lot more of those activations where we can directly interact with the fans and maybe live stream and have a real-time experience. But uh, we'll basically get into what we wanted to talk about. There's a lot to rant about um, over the past few days. Uh, so I don't know where I should... Uh, I think we should start ranting from... Uh, Let's talk about yesterday's uh, media blackout, Uganda versus Senegal. Uh, I remember we were in the, in the Twitter space um, um, with, uh, in partnership with um, Gabriel Laredo. And we are all anticipated, trying to hype up the game, trying to be like, you know what, this is what we should, should happen, this is what we think. Wanted to reach two minutes, three minutes to the game, and there is nowhere where we can watch the game from. So I just want to know, first of all, where did this find you? I'm sure we all have different stories. Personally, I was at Kings Park. Um, I really hurried to finish a lot of things. Um, I, I had my my mother's birthday. Made sure I, I finished that. And then I, I said, I'm next rugby. Only to be disappointed. So I don't know about you. Maybe you can let us know where it found you. <laughs> the blackout. Yeah, the blackout was in the office. Uh, I dedicated two hours. Uh, I said as unavailable. But uh, the match also showed me it was unavailable for me, so I had to eagerly refresh uh, my TL at all times. I mean, it reminded me of that time when we had a blackout in 2021, and then all of a sudden, I think like days later, I found out that James Harden had gone to the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> so I felt the same way as like, what's going on this? 
no updates and I mean eventually you managed to find the, an account to follow where you could see the updates. And I, I think I, 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 I made this funny inquiry. I went on, on Google and I put in Senegal versus Uganda live. And I got like like sixteen YouTube links where they were eventually asking me, log in, sign up. Then they asked me for bank details. So, <laughs> also then I knew that this is now going so actually I have to wipe my phone clean. I mean have some hackers in my phone right now. So yeah, that was my experience with the blackout. You had an interesting uh, tweet that I saw um, where you were ranting and you had bought yourself some nail special. Yeah, an order had been made and then I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know what to do. I mean I was so annoyed to even consume but I know it fascinated me like was like um, yeah. what am I supposed to do with these these beers? Like this, did, did the the media blackout take <laughs> your mouth? <laughs> you can still enjoy your beer. So uh, no at that point I was, I was quite annoyed I didn't want to get into another situation. So I just I surrendered. I relinquished my rights to the beer but hopefully maybe on Sunday I can take more and uh, watch a game televised Uganda. That's right. mm -hmm. I was I was also at King's Park. I I made sure my work was started early in the morning. Then by three I wanted to be done. So by three thirty I was at King's Park. I wasn't alone, I was with many guys we were ready. But we tried out everything looking for links, all channels, K twenty four both the television and the... And it was the, very interesting that we, we actually really believed in ourselves and we thought that the Kenyan channel is going to show a Ugandan game. I mean, is, is this the entitlement that you took like, about? It looks like for the Ugandan Ugandan guys also didn't know. Guys at the union also didn't know. Yeah. Or I, maybe they chose to keep quiet because they put out yeah. the communication minutes into the deal. You know, if I was the union, I wouldn't have tweeted that. <laughs> I wouldn't have. Oh, and I've just been like, man, we're also here, we're waiting for the link. No, they should. It's no, not them. It's uh, not no, entirely on no, them. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I would have just kept quiet and like, look, follow up. I mean, that communication, they got uh, some bullets there on the TL from people. Like, it was yeah. their fault. It wasn't their fault, but yeah. you know what I yeah, mean. I know we, we usually like to um, um, attack the union for many of the reasons that are valid. But I think yesterday's was not their fault entirely. Um, you can say that they were among the unions in Africa that voted for uh, all that were lobbying for the, the rugby Africa games to remain in Africa. Yeah, and also our neighbors, Kenya, were actually um, trying to lobby to see that they post the games, but all this was denied. I think um, also keeping in mind that Sunday is going to be a similar story, that um, if I'm not mistaken, it's either going to be only the final to be shown, if not, going to be the final and the third place playing uh, place game. But all uh, these other guys that got out from the quarterfinals, it's it's really embarrassing. Right? It's one one of the reasons that rugby Africa gave to host the games abroad in France was more exposure than also marketing our continental game out there. But I haven't seen any, even on the televised games. 
Yeah, except except game of Algeria yesterday, which you can understand because there is a big population of Algerians in Marseille. But then we we are not even benefiting. Guys are playing in empty stadiums. Now imagine those games were maybe in Kenya. Okay, you can you can leave Kenya for the elections and the history of the violence. Maybe in Namibia, Namibia, uh, or South Africa. South Africa would be the best bet. South Africa has the best facility. That's bad not sharing, but moving on. <laughs> no, it was so, so bad. What they promised is not. I mean, the whole of rugby Africa. You, you, can, you, can, you can create your own link where guys can watch. If television rights have, have refused, I can create a link. It was so bad, but we again understand that rugby Africa is getting many things wrong. This is this is this is a platform. Their platform on Twitter. By the time the first game was played, they had last sent a tweet in May. It was in April. In April, in April. you can imagine. But which also brings. Um, I, I saw it was the, the vice president um, Andrew Ward, who was who is also a former Uganda rugby president, who was taking on the. On, on the updating responsibilities. I don't know if that was part of his job description when he was getting the role, but he, like, I think the entire Uganda was on Andrew Ward's uh, um, Twitter, and he, his followers actually really increased uh, around that time. You, sh you should really check them out. I think he was at about like 500 or something. But his updates. He's now on 800, and his updates. <laughs> like, he just, gives you, he just gives you the, the score, and then afterwards, just leaves it there. No, no, maybe a few times we'll give you the try scorer. And then the one that killed us yesterday, where instead of saying um, the conversion, he said the conversation. Philip conversation. Philip conversation. Autocorrect took him to school, I think. I think he overuses a lot and of And also, the updates were not visual, nothing, not even a picture. So, rugby Africa basically did not update us. Uh, so, they, they usually have some half time food. Time updates when it comes to Twitter, which is supposed to be a conversational platform, real time. They had nothing. They really actually cool. had what they updated at the start of the game as we are still trying to see if we can get a link or channel. They they updated on their status when, when players were coming in from the tunnel, from the local rooms. Mm. They posted that on their status, Instagram status. That's all. And up to now, I still, I wouldn't lie if I told you I even know all the substitutions that we made. I mean, from, I think we have started the rant on Rugby Africa, so may I go ahead. I think Rugby Africa's operations need to have a TMO. We need a, a supervising body. I think one rugby should supervise Rugby Africa. It's very disappointing to say the least. I mean, we have had, uh, there was a tournament that Kenya, Brazil, Namibia played, I think last year mm. in South Africa, and that one, there was a live stream yeah. on the World Rugby channel. I mean, you could partner with media houses in different jurisdictions, and a Canal Plus link or something like that. If we, didn't, we don't care if it was in French. Yeah. All we wanted was to see our guys. Okay. Now, I'm sure I won't have a segment where we, we imagine what happened in the game, but at the end of the day, it doesn't help us because for all for all the things that went wrong in the game against Kenya, 
we don't know what was corrected in the game against Senegal. Yes. We don't know what's going to happen in the game on Sunday. So all all the all the things that's going to happen is that our boys are going to come back. I mean, triumphant with their scores and tries and points and whatever. But we don't know what happened. Absolutely. It's going to be like those high school circuits where you go to the one of those fans where you just say that let this guy go. He will narrate from game one up to the final. So it's one of those things you look at and you're like, no, no, no. This is, this is very pathetic from Rugby Africa. I believe whoever made that decision may be swimming in money, but for the game of African rugby, I think that was really a sellout decision. We have lost a lot as a I'm, I'm just lost for what I must yeah, say. Um, which I think um, brings us to the, the point of why France, why did they choose France? And there's been a lot of social media um, backlash. Um, I can say um, the most standout for me was by uh, uh, Black Pearl's coach, Helen Uteme, um, who was really, because uh, the, the cited reasons why France it was uh, exposure for the African game, um, better media coverage, and in, in stark contrast the national games are not even being shown um, and there is um, there is a query or you could say a theory that um, this was a lobby for francophone uh, nations to um, be able to um, how best can I put it to 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 be in what you call a home ground for them so basically uh, them being in France uh, especially teams like Algeria Many of their players apply their trade in, uh, in in France, so that was the angle she was giving. I don't know; it's, it remains a theory and it remains rumor, but you could say there is a bit of um, a bit of truth to it. However, in, in whatever the reason was, they shot themselves in the foot. You cannot take something. First of all, taking it from Africa itself is an embarrassment. Then we take it there, and then for all the reasons. Mess up, and one of the things that I think she said that's really stuck with me is on the weekend, we're not going to be able to see Uganda, we're not going to be able to see Burkina Faso play, but we're going to be able to watch the summer internationals, we're going to be able to watch uh, England, we're going to be able to watch uh, France. So, we can see why uh, I don't want to, to break it down in, in, in regards to rest or anything, but how can we watch international games and we can't be able to watch our own games? I mean, um, it's a, no, they, they had their own reasons. I think they had an agenda that they couldn't put out. Because all the reasons that they gave for it being in France, like I said, out. They say they really wanted it on a neutral ground, but is it neutral? No. I think the Francophone have, have, have an upper hand in it being in France over some some countries like Kenya, like Uganda. I mean, you saw you saw the fan base of Algerians in, in yesterday's game. Yeah. The flags were so up. Algerians have the best, have the highest further, highest population in myself. At some point, their flags were banned myself. Yeah. I mean, it was so embarrassing. And for the growth of our sport, Rugby Africa has got to pull up their socks, and it will. I don't know if they take feedback from the federations, but 
the title of the Federations came real and point blank on this. Yeah, I think I think um, there is there is so much to deliberate when you're talking about unions, from the eight countries' unions to rugby Africa that needs to be changed. But that's a story for another day. Let's just now quickly uh, dive into uh, Uganda 30, Senegal 29, a game that uh, the scores we know we honestly don't have any footage. And actually, we have a lot of footage, but anyway, just kidding, we don't have footage. Um, however, looking at it from how the game was going, at least from the tweets that we were getting, uh, Andrew Ward was uh, kind enough, I should say, to do Rugby Africa as well, uh, the social media manager, the brand manager. And the game was, I should say, top seat moving from this direction to that direction. Uganda leading, Actually, Senegal led first, then Uganda equalized. Uganda took the lead, then Senegal came and tried to take control of the game. Um, so, um, from the changes that came in the team, they seem to have done something right. We did watch the game, but uh, also pointing out that Phil Kukuraj had 25 points alone. Yeah. Um, if there was anything to describe clutch, that is it. Uh, Phil Kukuraj was clutch. So, what do you guys have? What is your thoughts? what happened or how we were able to at least um, get past a very physical signal I think I think it was in our imaginative probably of that year. I think Philip had had a nice year. You can call it brilliance. I I can imagine how his wing was operating. Because uh, we don't know how Sebley was winged was, but I believe the wing really operated as compared to the other time. And I believe the center, the center was also active, uh, considering how we also had some scores in the first half, equalizing. I think a pillow must have served the ball right as compared to how he had a relaxed game uh, in, the, in, the, in our first game in France. Um, I also think with a reactionary rugby that we played in the second half, coming after coming from behind then leading, um, you might credit the uh, lost brilliance in kicking was converted all. But I think the substitution of Wanyama of a pillow in the second half must have brought him definitely some tempo in the game, and the ball was moving. Yeah, it's crazy to see that we have to analyze the game uh, of this work. But um, uh, Edwin, I'm just um, looking at it from um, his point that uh, I'll be. But before we actually get into that, um, Philip Okorach is no stranger to having quite taking control of games. Yeah, in 2017, in Tunisia, uh, at Legends um, against Tunisia, he scored 37 points in what was it? 78, if I'm not mistaken, routing of Tunisia. Then the following year, we put 31 points on them at Chadwick. So, um, just looking at, um, we assume that Rugby Africa 2022 for us is done. Of course, we have one more game against uh, Ivory Coast on Sunday, which is a fifth, sixth playoff. But uh, but I'm sure we are safe for any sort of uh, relegation to Taiwan. However, looking at it, reflecting, what do you think we have to do in regards to team depth, in regards to uh, 
basically the learning and any of the lessons that we have learned from that period because when we are, when you observe everything, the, the removal of sevens players or bar uh, Fidel Okorach from the team really, really cost us, especially with the backup. So uh, do you have any things that you think that we need to do going forward? Well, I think um, Uganda needs to have resilience in support of uh, rugby in the country. And when you say resilience, we have to talk about as many things as possible. We need to highlight aspects of uh, structure. Uh, structures build depth uh, for a country. As uh, I mean, for a country that won in 2007, the expectation now is that we should be continuously appearing in these rugby Africa finals where we can at least, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've had a final experience in a while. Unless otherwise I could be mistaken. But we've had uh, near games where we come out uh, short, near games where we sneak it. I think we snuck SNM in 2017. Uh, then we have games where we're blown out of the water, we lose badly, and then there are games where we route on the other side and beat them uh, hands down. So structures in, in our game will be very, very helpful. We need structures at schools level, and perhaps maybe we need uh, children playing rugby, tag rugby even in primary. So I think a few pictures of kids and uh, a prominent primary school trying out tag. That's that's something that's commended. We need to start building those structures that will help the game grow. In addition to structures, you need stakeholder engagement. Stakeholder engagement means the federations that uh, finance, uh, that that help get budgetary allocations for the scheme. You need government support. Government is coming and, 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 and facilitate players, make the league as commendable as one where someone can easily say, I don't need to work. Even the facilities yeah. themselves. The, faci the facilities as well. Thank you for that. We need we need then the funds to come on board. Funds buy merchandise. Do you have merchandise in Uganda? Sorry for another day. We need, we need, we need merchandise. We need, we need funds to pay for games. We need funds to pay money to the Vatican podcast. That's the story. <laughs> you know what I mean? We need to, the, the, if, if your funds, your stakeholders engage in the game, it's very easy for you to have a growth in the game. You understand? If the game was in Kenya, you'd have seen numbers. If it was in South Africa, you'd have seen numbers. So the numbers, rugby, rugby Africa, the sevens here are Chadron, Uganda. Uganda fans came out in numbers. Those are the things we need. We need merchandise. URE needs to work on something that is quite feasible for them. The kit manufacturer, and at the same time, how the, the, the crates can make money. Make money and, and put it back in the game. We need a culture. What is our rugby culture as a country? What do we do? Is it spread to the clubs? Is there a coaches round table forum? I am not, I'm just speaking out of abstract. I don't know these things. But are, are those forums there where coaches can sit down with the national team coach and say, this is the structure? Why should Ogena play seven the whole season and then national team plays 12? Culture. You see, get a culture where we know 
the national team, if this player is called upon, will need to be on this particular position, will need to be here. I mean, when you have culture, it means that you understand, if I come into the national team, it's a plug and play. It's not something abstract that is going to change me. Have coaching camps, have the national team coaches go and coach teams, I mean the league, yeah. even 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 in uh, the championship, let the national team coach have on a day, boxes, oh, boxes not in the national championship anymore, but yeah. let's say, Chambogo, I mean, have the coach come and, 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 and touch base with his players. A few drills, enough, I mean, I may not be able to play on the national team, but if the national team coach comes and says, yeah, hard tackle, nice stuff, I mean, I feel encouraged as a player. Yeah, so it comes down, those are things of culture, you understand? And then at the end of the day, it goes down the stakeholder engagement. But you need money. You need money. You need sponsors to come on board. Sponsors who are willing to one. I mean, and I think this is the key thing that needs to be done in Nanaman. You need to have sponsors. You know when you hear you have you have a concert and you see our media our media partner is so and so. Our drinks partner is so and so. The same thing with Nanaman. We need we need we need we need medical partners, insurance partners, you need uh, media partners get to grow the game. The great, this game is called an elite game, I don't know why, but the, the presumption is that rugby is for guys who went to school. I mean, there's no guy who can just say that I didn't go to school, I didn't, I didn't go to this particular school even, and pick a rugby goal and play. You understand? If you could look at the team of 2007, major, you could say that as the prime that shows that the churning out of schools, league and whatever, you could name from like 1 to 15 and say this school, this school, this school, this school, and that school, you understand? Yeah, but now it shows, I mean, from the the, the game right now, even now, starting 15, it's diverse, you see. It's not just the traditional schools that are playing rugby. Many guys, guys who started rugby in campus, remember a guy, Hillary Semus, he told me he started rugby at Moves. And I was like, wow, may I say rugby the whole time, but I've never even been as fit, as good as he was, you see. Ivan, let's, yes. let's talk, when you, I, I remember when Yamagota Ivan from volleyball in UC, which Ivan, Ivan Kabakan, I mean, you see, <laughs> he's one of the best yeah. props. Yeah, so you see what I mean? Yeah. We, need, we, need, we need an environment where that will flourish. And that needs money, you understand? So get sponsors, I mean, you see, we, we, we throw shade for football that they don't perform, but they have, a way of getting sponsors on board that rugby doesn't. I think they so have I think, the numbers. We also yeah. have to figure out how to make rugby all inclusive. Um, the reason why we have something like saying that rugby is an elite game boards for uh, Amasoma is basically because we it's like as if it's a cocoon for a certain class or for a certain group of people. How do we make rugby um, more welcome to someone that has never even touched a rugby ball? Or uh, you know, when you go outside the very few rugby centers in the country, some people don't even know that there's a game called rugby. I have a, actually a friend of mine told me he went to some bar and he told them to switch the channel to uh, 231 to watch uh, a rugby game. I what was that game? How is it played? When they switched on, they were all amazed. They were like, what? These people are playing like this. How are they playing? Why are they? You know the usual questions. Why are they passing it behind if they are moving forward? Yeah. But that's the awareness we need to create, which is not there yet. We think that because our small circles know it, then that is cool, which is not the case. Sponsors come because of numbers. 
and the numbers dictate your, your bargaining leverage and then the kind of money you'll be able to, to get. That's where, right. that's where soccer, that's where football, mm -hmm. as I like to call it, that's where football comes into play. Because even even what what we now say is empowering and marketing the game um, throughout the country, one would say regional 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 games. But then if you if you go to these regional games, they are so messed up. Yeah. Teams are getting walkovers. Some teams can't make it. No jerseys. They, they don't have jerseys. They just tell you get get a black get a black shirt. Really we find guys are finding it hard to travel from Fort Porto to Mbara to play a game. Yeah. And then Mbara Titans will get a walkover. And and that can't be a thing that the union has to deal with all these things, promote the game, deal with financing and whatever. So the the need for for for, for money, fundraising, are they outsourcing some of these things? I mean, those are things we should have one of the guys here, maybe in the future to discuss that. But like I mean, you see, also at times when you operate in abstract somewhere where a vacuum, let's say a vacuum, where there is no inflow outflow information, at times you may be getting the wrong end of the stick. But when you open up to people and people understand, people will actually say like, okay, now how can we help? So I think it's one of those things that I mean, you to show the information in country detail. And as, as we always say that, we'll always find a reason to find uh, a problem with someone. So I think that's the people they have to deal with. Yeah, I think we have, we have put uh, quite a uh, bit of time and attention on that. Uh, maybe as we leave it, we just, uh, Sunday is going to be a very busy day. And I just want us to quickly give us maybe your predictions or you think it's going to win. But um, the games are, uh, we have placement games first and foremost. Um, uh, Eighth, seventh, eighth player, the placement game is going to be between Seneca and Burkina Faso. Um, then we shall have um, uh, five and six placement, it's going to be between Uganda and Cote d'Ivoire. And then we shall have third and fourth, which is going to be Zimbabwe and Algeria. Zimbabwe um, yesterday tried to, to, to really um, be stubborn at the beginning, but um, the know how and the structure and the organization and the, the dexterity of how you can be able to execute for Namibia was the big difference, um, blowing them out in the second half and uh, securing the place in the final. Whether we to meet Kenya, Kenya who are able to edge um, uh, Algeria. So, um, first of all, let's start with that final. Do you think Kenya can, can upset um, the favorites? I mean, um, Kenya now, considering how much they've prepared for this game, um, I saw some some people being 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 attached to their preparations and and expenditures they had in preparing. Then you give them their nice performance against Uganda, the East African derby. Uh, something they badly needed after that bad performance at Chadon in the afternoon. We've here for Kenyan squads uh, yeah. until last weekend. And then you also you also you also put uh, their last night's game against Algeria. How they really 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 Resilience. defended, uh, bouncing back from 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 a deficit and then and then defending defending up to the end and getting that win. I still believe they will they will they they they, they will. Okay. Yeah. Do you think Kenya will win? 
by a small margin. Amazing. Well, uh, <coughs> well, Kenya. Um, I mean, you, you can't say when you, when you're looking at the game on Sunday. I think the first thing to look at is who has more pressure to win the game. <clears throat> now, when I see who has more pressure, I think Kenya has more pressure. Why? Kenya has invested a lot in this team. We went to Curry Cup and uh, they played a few games and uh, they won a few. They have invested, they have brought back players. Nicole Zijira came into the side, Jacobo J is there. They have invested quite a lot. <coughs> so, when you look at the team, the first question is look at the game against Algeria. Yeah, the Algeria game was characterized by a comeback of sorts. In the first half, they took the lead, and then Algeria slowly and comfortably came back into the game, and then subsequently won, nearly won the game. <coughs> so now, when you look at it, you need to analyze it from that perspective. Like Kenya in the game against Namibia would have that pressure. What are they going to do? Are they going to come out guns blazing? I think they should. I think the pressure is on Kenya. They really need to win this game. And because of all the madness of the seasoning and uh, putting the game in, in France, I'll go for Kenya. Uh, so we have two uh, Kenya predictions. Um, as an East Africa, I would love to see Kenya go all the way to be the an East African nation in the Rugby World Cup next year. Um, they watching them against Algeria. I think that they, they have really started to adopt structure and engrave the structure in, in who they were or who they are. Um, I'd like to give a, a shout out to the scrum of Asati, who was brilliant in, in dictating the tempo of the game. Uh, General Quarter 12 was amazing and everything. But yeah, Edwin talked about pressure in Kenya, but the, the, the pressure of expectation as well. Namibia's game is something we can't take. Like, this is their big World Cup, so it's an expectation. Anything less of a win on Sunday is an underperformance on their end. And the, kind, the boys that are, are currently playing for Namibia, the boys that came here in, in Uganda and Legends and watched our team, um, uh, I think Cleveland Lobsher, who was wearing shirt number 10, is one of the most notable guys. Um, uh, but I think I'm going to be found here. I think it's going to be. Kenya will try to put up a bit of a fight, but it's all going to go down to structure, organization, and um, the team that, that can execute their plays better. And I think the experience of Namibia is going to come to play at that particular level. So, one thing that amazed me most about Namibia's attack was how fluid their backline is in terms of uh, attack. I mean, one pass, center balls onto the ball for a minute or two, okay, not a minute or two, but figuratively, and then he kicks the grabber, and the winger is already anticipating that. That fluidity is something that's going to be very key for them to beat Kenya. And then Kenya, in Kenya's major attacking options when the back three are open and they start a counter-attack. That's their biggest threat, I think, to Namibia. So as and when, how they form behind the kick. 
is going to be very important and how they can build up, gain, gain the advantage line in terms of uh, carrying the ball and the like. That's a very key thing. I think their forwards as well are going to be put to the test. If they put Algeria as a test, <clears throat> the Namibia game is going to be really a good test for them. I also realize those, those two are so, so good at attacking. So it comes back to who defends best. Yeah. Yeah, any, any, any side with a loophole in defense will lose the game. Yeah. And whoever defends well has to do it up to the end. <laughs> yeah, you have to definitely defend for 80 minutes. Yes. That's the you can't just defend 60. Um, but ideally, the team with the less defensive mistakes will ideally win. I, I, I beg to, as an East African, I hope my prediction is wrong, but I think from an analytical point of view, Namibia is going to win. There's something about I hope Namibia. I, there's a curse in what I've just said for <laughs> that prediction. Something Namibia, about Namibia, Namibia, Namibia must be organized even their sport. They, the way their sport has been affiliation with South Africa is very important. Good. The affiliation with South African rugby is very important in the way they play. They have teams that play um, in the Curry Cup. They they have a lot of youngsters that grow up in those academies. So and they have facilities well. Yes, and they so I think that that resource is important. And I've already spoken about this. How can Uganda? How can we also in Uganda? They saw quick one. It is uh, how can we say tie ourselves on someone? Uh, saying we have a couple of people. Um, how can we be able to use the MLR um, as a partner and they can be like our bigger brothers to be able to have a partnership in rugby we can be able to take some of our talent there for exposure it's a growing uh, rugby league but also we can benefit from their resources even if it's not monetary from equipment to technical know-how USA is a team that also now goes to the World Cup and has yeah. been going to the World Cup for a while yeah. so there's something we can learn from it. So if people are finding where they can find their connections, yes, we also have a bit of a, a, a relationship in South Africa, but let us try and exploit all avenues where we can be able to touch this. Let them help us with this, let them help us with this. I think that is what we need. We are not good at this game. Uh, Namibia does, maybe just to point out a few things. They also have, uh, they have players who have played super rugby. I mean, I think it was their fullback, Divan Rousseau used to be a good player, so he played. He's played the all the curry cup and then he's also plays in the I think he played some sport. Yeah, Jack yeah. Burger. Jack Burger. Yeah, but that has been yeah. Then they have they had JC Grayley, he also played in I think uh, one I am not really sure about the team. Then their hooker towards ten man as well. He played for cheetahs in Super Rugby. So this is a guy and even I think even the game when I think Red went and scored and tried, yeah, and up, he also tried. played that game. Yeah, yeah. So then then I, I had the commentator mentioned last night that there's a player in Namibia who plays in MLR. So I mean, you can see they have spread out their reach, you see, in terms of, of players. Uh, so I mean, there are two things you can do to that. You could have players playing in your local league, but make it as competitive as possible. If your league is as competitive as possible, you'll get top top tier players who come out of that league. I mean, Kenya, most of their players play in Kenya, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, it doesn't do away with the fact that they are still good in what they do. So either have your players spread out. I mean, this is another thing I want to talk about, about Uganda rugby, that you need 
my major issue is now on the international uh, stage. You've seen one thing that is definitive about Ugandans. We are small. Yeah. Look at the Philip State in uh, France. Look how he has changed the frame and size. Have you seen the ability to still beat the defender and still maintain his speed and still add on size is still consistent? Which means that he has a gyming schedule. He has guys who tell him what to eat and what not to eat. And I mean, if we can get that benefit, just even even just a national team nutritionist or supplements or whatever. What's something that can grow our players into being lean and we don't lose any effect? We add more muscle because you looked at the collisions in that game in Namibia, Zimbabwe. They were quite plenty and it was hard. So when you come to the size aspect, you wonder if our guys could manage. That's why it's very absurd we didn't have the Senegal game on because Senegal is quite big. And by the time we managed to do one over them, I'm sure, in, in the collusions, we must have matched them over and gave them run for them. And it's also sad you might not also have the political guys. Who actually have similar structure. They have the height. Even you, I'm sure you've watched their basketball as well. Yeah. They have tall guys. They have huge, giant guys. They, I think they, they even have a, some of the best locks. But they are framed very well. So sad we shall not touch that. Anyway, let us um, um, get down with rugby Africa. I just want us to quickly peruse through um, these predictions. Um, Zimbabwe, Algeria, who do you think is going to win? Algeria. Zimbabwe, Algeria. Yeah. I mean, Zim, Zim played hard opposition, so I think Zim will win the battle in the back line. I think that's where it's going to be, and I think I'll give it to Zim. Um, Algeria was very. Very technical. I'm going to I'm going to go with Algeria there. Um, Uganda Ivory Coast. Do you think Ivory Coast can upset us? I don't like. I wouldn't want to think that Ivory Coast is on our level. But then again, what is our level now? I still think we shall win this. Considering uh, it is our last game, we now have a post from from yesterday's win. Um, I'm sure. I'm very sure. Um, Coach Fredo might, might might also make some major changes for the last game. Uh, I think we'll win this. Yeah, I think the boys will be very encouraged. The yes. fact that after losing there exactly. to you know, Shambori, Kuwait to Kenya, that if we could um, edge a win against Senegal, then get another one against Ivory Coast. I think for the many youngsters, especially, it will be a, a good tour for them in, in France. What do you think about Uganda and Ivory Coast? No, I think uh, Uganda will. Game, I think. Uh, the focus from yesterday's game is still on. The boys are still sharp and uh, consistency is key. We need perhaps if the lineup worked and maintenance of the lineup. Perhaps we want to see, considering relegation is not at stake. Would you opt to see a few boys get a run in the grass, get TV on the pitch, get Jesus Bale to the pitch? I saw a large banana on the yeah. subs. He actually got a chance to play because... Uh, number 22, is Bias. he a back? Yeah, I mean, get, get, I, want, I want to see some of those guys. Maybe to add in regards to Cote d'Ivoire, I think several of us... Did you forgot to stay 
had that dazzling run against Cote d'Ivoire. It was a lunchtime game on the Saturday. I think it was either 20, I can't recall. But I mean, so if Semuliver starts that game, I'm giving him uh, five stars to score. I think he scored a hat trick in that game. We need records. We need records where we can easily refer to. Because I remember he 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 does all in that game. He got the ball and he dashed. And he's, he's, the, way he's, he, the way he runs is that he consistently. Yeah, I think it was I think tier one B when we were fighting for motion to tier one F. He 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 has this pace of him up where he he starts slowly and he consistently increases his speed after the trial. After the trial, right? So if that's on the table and he starts, I wouldn't put it past him to get on the square board. So yeah. I think Uganda will win this one. Question is, uh, will we get to watch it? Yeah. Will we get more um, updates? The union has already confirmed. The union has confirmed. We have to follow their tweets. So uh, I guess you have to follow the Uganda on Twitter. Yeah, right? yeah, social out, so then, no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Senegal, Burkina Faso, quickly. Senegal. Yes, and it was much like yeah. But I first received a bad, bad beating <laughs> from Namibia. Mm. I think it has put them down. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, moving here from rugby Africa, I'm talking about quickly as we come to the end of uh, this board. Um, the the postponement of the national sevens. What are your thoughts on that, guys? Um, and the reasons cited are because. Um, have got, uh, many national engagements happening this weekend and the rugby Africa and the Commonwealth Games coming up which we're going to be touching on a little bit later but um, then we can't even watch the rugby Africa games then the sevens are now also um, cut cut off until is it 6th August um, surely what 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 are your thoughts on that and what impact do you think that has on teams I think First of all, we are getting uh, not valid reason. That shouldn't be the reason. Mm. Or I think there is a reason underlying that. that there is there is a hidden reason why, and I, I I myself I can I can predict it's financial. There's no reason why teams shouldn't play sevens games just because a few teams have players on national duty. Yeah, Mind you, a, this, let me tell you, this is a big, big job. Kenya has sevens going on, by the way, right yes. now. They, they are playing, and they've been playing. And it's a, I mean, there's a player who has been ranting about how our national team right now, considering the sevens and fifteens, the, the players on the national team are from a few clubs. That's okay. That's okay. They've, they've gone on merit, but then should that paralyze the operations of the other teams? Yeah, no. especially when we are we are thinking about talking about team depth. No, 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 no. Like it should yeah, because first of all, yeah. it's good for the other players. It's good for the sport. It's also good for the fans to see guys they've not known. I've been attending almost. I've attended almost all all training sessions for the Pirates and the Black Pals. You can't imagine the talent that is there. The boys you don't even know. And this was their time to shine. And trust me, we are going to see teams like Rounds 2, teams like Intandas, take on big teams. 
Yeah. Or sailors, sailors meeting pirates. Yeah, and, I and, think and to me, that's, that's, that's part of the growth of the sport. Then the players getting confidence and also clubs realizing we need to do more. We need, because some of these guys on national they will not play forever. But the young boy who comes early for training will be with your club for maybe the next three to four years and you need to play. It was so, so embarrassing. And it also shows the locals not planning. Because you can't tell me, you yourself as the union put the dates out, the rugby calendar. And then you're postponing in the same week where the, when the first circuit is supposed to be held. I am sure some of some of the hosts had, had started the works. This weekend we are supposed to be up for the military service. The noise was there, they had invested in media. Service providers. Service providers, I'm sure some had been had, had been paid and now you can't be assured of a Ugandan service provider. You can't you can't be sure they will be available that weekend with others. I mean our calendar is now distorted by 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 a month. Yeah. Uh, uh, any thoughts on that, Edwin? When when I talked about structures earlier, is what I meant. Not just structures on the field, but even structures in management. You need to have uh, structures where you know even if multiple engagements are ongoing, you have committees or. Excoms that can can handle the tasks at hand. I think, save for the fact that it's a union event, I think it was an organizing committee for the Milaka Seven. Yeah, you get. So that committee is tasked to run the operations in the tournament. I mean, when you have a circuit like this, a two-day circuit, you always know. You go in your wardrobe and you pick out your clothes. You know, Saturday is this, Sunday is this. Because it's a whole day event. Rent out a power bank, make sure you have enough money to enjoy your drinks and food, and then you hear this. You mean, it's, it's so disparaging because you have an entity that has, that plans out a calendar in the year. And then, Days before the inaugural seventh kickoff for the year, and then you cancel and you give a reason which basically shows you don't plan well. As you said, the perhaps reason is a small screen for bigger issues, which is money. I mean, there's no confirmation for that, but if it's money, then does that that comes down to planning as well. Uh, I saw when um, that press release was uh, posted on the Twitter account of URU. I think, I don't know, I usually confuse him, he works at Radio 1 or something like that. He quoted the Twitter and said, this is why federations not, are not supposed to run Absolutely. tournaments or something like that. He said that federations unions' job is to grow a game. That, is, that should be your job. You should have committees or particular excoms that run the aspects provider. like that. Yes. Or even the service provider, the third party to run yeah. the league. And then, because we are being led by former players, which to me is not so good. Yeah. 
those guys should be at the policy level. We have a policy board, the strategize, the strategy guys, they, they make strategies for the for the league, for the game, for the sports in the whole country. They should be the ones going now to outside countries to go and pitch, to go and talk to the possible partners in South Africa, in the US. You get we, a, a club in Uganda, we, sh we shouldn't, I mean, it's 2022, we shouldn't be at a level where we have a club that can raise a 30 man team, but not have a kid. These are things we should be getting free from some clubs in the US where it's cheaper. To, to have as many kids as possible. I mean, let, let, the, let the experts run the league. Let our big guys, the legends of the game, be at police level. Or they run the clubs as well. They would, like, some would be, would be having teams by now. But they're so busy running the operation. The football thing where you have Fufa, then you have Uganda Super League. Right? Exactly. exactly. Not, not, not Fufa running the league at the same time. Yeah. Like how URU runs the league. So when it's national team, URU comes and runs the national team. Back to sports. Yeah. Maybe yeah. there's some vibe that I really hope that uh, we have a couple of people guys subscribe and watch this so that they can be able to. Um, we need we need one of them to come. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll definitely try to lobby them to come through and have a conversation, like we say, candid rugby conversations. But anyway, as we um, dive away from that, we shall. Uh, of course, we are trying to figure out what we're going to do with our weekends. Maybe focus on uh, the internationals. Uh, that are happening, uh, maybe that's what we shall focus on. And then wait for Sunday and follow the tweets of the Ghana Rugby Union and then maybe watch Kenya and maybe this is the biggest game uh, on the continent in regards to rugby. But let's finalize with uh, the seventh team. The seventh team that uh, has been released, uh, maybe just to go through it quickly for maybe those guys that haven't seen it and are just watching. Um, Michael Courage, captain, of course, uh, Ian Munyani, vice captain. Alex Saturinda, Mexic, Desire Yera, Claudio Tema, Isaac Massa, Aaron of Roth, um, Adrian Casito, Karim Marinaitwe, Norbert O'Kane, Timothy Kisiga, William Kore, Philippe Okorach, and uh, Levi Sochen. Um, so, any surprises for you on that team? Any um, omissions for you on that team that you think were surprised? I think on my end, I would say Kel uh, Kelvin Baragan, aka Big Bala, aka uh, of the winning Waji film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, and any surprises there, or you think the team is no, but Bala, Bala, Bala is out injured. Yeah, he's injured, yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, and what do you what do you think we can expect from Birmingham? I think... Before the World Cup, even. I think this is a good, extremely good and solid team. Uh, and then you have to you have to give it up to to Coach Talbot, uh, Timothy Mudola, and the other management team. They've done extremely good with these boys. I've seen these boys physically; they don't look the same. Boys are looking good, sharp. They put on the body. These guys have developed discipline. You can't you can't you can't imagine it. These are guys who some had social lives. But these boys have been keeping it up, up to 6 a.m. workouts every day. 
uh, I think even on Saturday they had 6 a.m. workouts, and then after later in the day they go for gym at yeah. Kabira. And it's a good gym. Even if and you come across them in a, in a bar, they're taking soda. They're taking soda and water. They're not indulging in, in any uh, any alcoholic beverages. I think, and and we might have to to learn from this what Talbot has built for years for the Ugandan Sevens team up to when you managed to to get the idea of splitting and have them yeah. what he has done with those boys is what a 15th side has to do getting boys I, I remember I don't know if you guys had seen Desire Arera when he was going to court Talbot he took him up when he was a timid boy. He was young, 19, I remember. Body, 19. But look at him now. And he has to stand. If if you look at the pics of the Arons when Coach Talbot was, was taking them up, Philo, this is really, really good. And I think uh, the, the, the most reward that Coach Talbot himself and the boys could get was that Africa Sevens Championship. And with that... I think we are so pumped up and with the workout that these guys have had. We actually have more than one actually. We have three families Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I believe that is good enough to make the boys do the most important. And to me I expect a lot. This good thing that, that you can be assured the Queen is a big person who shall watch the games. Yeah. <laughs> no, no media blackout. No media blackout. Nothing. <laughs> okay, that uh, will be good. We will be entertained by the boys. Edwin. The Sevens guys have brought back the swag to being on the national team. Yeah. Uh, there is this swagger, this aura of being on the national team now that has come back with Sevens. And that's why it comes back to the fact that the national servants have been cancelled. How many guys were roaring to go and be like, you know what? If Tobat comes, I can do something and he can call me in the camp. They have consistently stayed together, they know each other, they know how to pass to each other, they, they know how to defend based on what you watched in Chadondo. They are a definition of a team. They are a true definition of a team. How I wish we could just build up on that and become a core site. Because I will not lie, one of the courts has to grow and the other is going to suffer. At the moment, we see it as 15s. The ideal position is both of them have to be at par. You understand? But I think with this growth now, this is our back-to-back -back appearance in... Uh, we're going to be a back-to-back -back appearance in the World Cup. I mean... Bigger things are coming. If we can do back to back World Cup, what does that what does that ring in your head? Core side. Core side. Give it one shot one year. I mean now if we could have all these preparations for Rugby Africa Cup, Commonwealth World Cup, bigger thing now is the core series. I know it's ahead. We'll have a podcast on that surely. But I'm looking and I'm like, if I mean even someone like who is a sponsor should should look at that. Yeah. Like, how can I, even even just government itself, NCS, how can we help these guys get onto that platform? You know, there's, there are always those European teams that try to mess with us. Germany then goes to Hong Kong, I think, and then 
maybe Papua New Guinea or something like that. But now the boys have brought this world back to the national team. The coaching has remained consistent. You see there is improvement consistently. There is growth. The players get bigger and better. No compromise in terms of standards. I, I'm, 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 I'm eager to watch the guys play in uh, Birmingham. Uh, let's see what they can do. It's just going to be an appetizer for the World Cup. Me actually, my bigger interest is the World Cup. I want to see us be better. I think the last World Cup we went to my 21st ranks, and then we finished 18th or 19th in ranking, which was a good show. So my thing is I want us to play the harder guys in the World Cup. And uh, I must say kudos to the coaches. Uh, they have done a good job. How we wish we can also put that uh, spirit and structure in 15s as well. And trust me, Uganda, that's, yeah. the 7s have showed you a blueprint of how Ugandan rugby, if you want Ugandan rugby to grow, you have to make tough decisions. If this guy feels he's a player and he's too bad, drop him and show him that they can move on without you. I mean also have a consistent bringing up of players into the system. Michael is going to go out soon, but you can see Ian Nyan is going to be that person. Yes. You see. Uh, Pius Ogena was the enforcer, you could see Bala was what came in as the enforcer, you see. So all those things. I mean, you have uh, James Odong used to be the finisher, now you even have Robert Okenis now showing the promise that he can actually do what he can finish. You see all those things, so it's showing a uh, great promise. I think Corey was dropped for rugby, uh, Africa, yeah. and that was in. So yeah. I mean, that that shows that also, I mean, the consistency. Like, your being dropped does not mean you're out. You're still part of the group. You can get another chance. So it shows there is a lot of promise in sevens. All we need to do is wipe that, get that blueprint, and transfer it to rugby teams, and then also let it trickle down to the clubs as well. Yeah. And also, I think for the women's side, we can be able to just get that whole setup and have it across the board, not only for the men, but also for the women, national level and club level, so you can try to create something. But they are really um, an epitome or something that we can really look at and be like, yeah, this is a project done right. It's a very good project. And um, yeah, Toba Donyango and his team have really done quite a good job for that. Um, three African Cups um, and a lot of uh, International engagement, hopefully, like you said, we can get into the HSBC and be a core side. And also, now I, that I hope that we have broken the, the mental barrier of uh, constantly losing to, to Kenya, that we can now not only just go there to play against them, but to actually compete and want to beat them. Yeah, in sevens, at least, we should uh, we should not allow, allow ourselves to be whitewashed by Kenya. Let us always. And the core side, they, we aspire to be where they are. But in um, I think it's been a great conversation. Um, maybe before we close off, um, any last remarks, any last thoughts, any last thing you guys would like to, to share? Um, I think at, at the end of the day, we want to see our sport grow. Um, I think uh, whoever our leaders are and their responsibilities, they should just up the game, build structures. Let's, let's plan better and structures mainly. Trust me, structures bring up the magic. Yeah. Yeah.
our sport can only grow if we have the right structures, we have the right enforcers, and the right manpower and the dedication and commitment. Yeah, I mean, congratulations to the win. Um, congratulations to those uh, picked out to represent the country in uh, Birmingham. This we can do now is just uh, come back on the drawing board, prepare for the Open Cup, 15th, and then uh, address what Luna said, structures. How do we come up with a plan that is going to be feasible for the next year? Considering uh, the split now, somewhat, I'm somewhat of a prophet. I had a tweet of uh, 17, I put it out there. And, I mean, this is not the first time Uganda has had this position where I think the only difference now is that Uganda's pray the prayers were more pulled cut across the courts. I think that time it was mainly Sebuliba, Pius, Michael and Philip. Most of the guys who were on the seventh team were not cutting into the fifteens. But now you can see that even the seventh guys can can enter the fifteenth team and this bag and play. Guys go on like normal. So it shows you that now it comes down to planning. Guys need to be able to show up and uh, consistently look for partnerships, look for stakeholders, try to do things that uh, can grow the game. Because once the game grows, our ability to perform grows with the growth of the game. So we, there is a lot more future for Ugandan rugby. All we need to do is have the right leaders to do so. so that's what we prefer. Yeah, I totally agree with both of you guys and uh, we definitely need to look into, into the structures, look into the systems, look into everything. And um, I'll just me I think that one thing I'll add is may our love for value and growth supersede our love for finances in the short term. Yes, we are all chasing um, something financial and you cannot negate the impact of money or resources, financial resources growth of anything, especially in today's world and today's economy, but maybe we have a bigger picture and not try to um, rush the process. May we think big and once we have a bigger value proposition, we can be able to, to attract the sponsors we need, we can be able to attract the partners we need and create the kind of relationships and players that we need to get where we want to get. But um, I, I appreciate everyone that is watching this. I appreciate you guys for being here. Of course, we'll definitely have this once a week, um, delving deep into very many um, rugby conversations. Uh, make sure you um, follow us on social media, Fat Cats Podcast. Uh, also, subscribe to our YouTube channel and our audio uh, channels as well will be up. Uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, majorly. We shall also be sharing that information with you, but all updates will be on our platforms. Um, uh, Fat Cats Podcast is a product of the Fat Cats Media, which is an uh, inter-video production, commercial, corporate. Uh, so for all your events that's covered, that's covered uh, photography as well, and if you want to uh, hire equipment, audio-visual, and also if you want to start your podcast, let us know. I will be able to help you with that. Otherwise, myself, Edwin, and uh, Bruno, we, uh, we sign out. Cheers.
Thanks for listening in. Share with us your thoughts from today's episode. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.